Let's talk sports and welcome to the grind. And good Thursday to you, and welcome inside the WKVL studios of Rocky Top Sports. I'm Wayne Kaiser, and you're listening to The Grind. I'm excited to be in here on a Thursday edition. Excited that the rain is continuing to hold off. I'm I'm pretty sure uh, grass is going to be two foot tall before before uh, this this we get to March. But at the same rate, uh, it is what it is. Uh, maybe it'll go ahead and get out of the way early too in the later part of the year. Uh, as we start today's show, kind of a, I don't want to say, uh, it, it's a tough time here for Blunt Broadcasting as, as uh, two days ago, uh, Tuesday afternoon, uh, I didn't say anything yesterday because I didn't, I didn't want to release until uh, an official take had, had been out there, but uh, uh, Tuesday afternoon we lost one of our own here at Blunt Broadcasting, and one that um, I think a lot of people would know, Bob Ellen. Uh, also known as Blue Ridge Bob, was one that, uh, uh, you know, just had one of those voices, had one of those, uh, one of those personalities that you would, you would want to be around. And and of course, uh, he had a short illness, uh, and was, and lost that battle, uh, on Tuesday afternoon. Uh, and here's the official release from WGAP. Everyone at WGAP is devastated due to, to the loss of our own Blue Ridge Bob. After a short illness, Bob passed away on on Thursday afternoon. Should be Tuesday afternoon. Uh, he has been a part of Blunt Broadcasting's family for many years, and we will miss his wit, corny jokes, and his knowledge about the songs that he played on the air. And most of all, the feeling of joy that his presence brought us all. Uh, rest in peace, Bob Llewellyn, a.k.a. Blue Ridge Bob. Uh, I met Blue Ridge Bob just right before football season. Um, and it was funny because he knew me and I knew him, but we had never met. And, and, you know, it was one of those situations where you kind of think, you know, what somebody should look like. And he thought he knew what I should look like. And when we showed up, I think he was what I expected, but I was not what he expected. He said, he said, I, I don't know. You just don't look like what you sound like. And I was like, I'll take that as a compliment, Bob. So it's always fun. It was always fun to talk to him. Would come in throughout the day when he would be doing his work, and uh, I'd make sure I get to the end of a song before I came through the door. And and he'd always say, "You almost got me." And I'm like, "Well, I tried not to," but he was always funny, always willing to talk a little bit, and uh, and great to work with. As as he was always willing to help and ready uh, to get after it uh, and and make what what he was doing on WGAP. Uh, a success great guy he would go out and do remotes at rural king he'd go and do remotes at other places uh it was kind of a he was kind of a staple for wjp so he's a he's a huge loss uh thoughts and prayers are with his family and we we really uh you know we know um he's lighting the airwaves up in heaven uh, that's that's the blue ridge bob that we know so uh, again uh thoughts and prayers are with bob Llewellyn's family blue ridge bob um gone too soon short illness but with that uh 
he would want things to kind of continue to move on. And, and, and the way we're going to do that is we're going we're gonna to put on a really good show today and, and try to bring some really good – I get we're going to try to bring some really good things out because I don't know that there's anything today that I'm going to be really, really critical about. I think there's a lot of things out there that I get to talk about today that I'm for. I know that shocks a lot of people, but there's a lot of things going on that I'm interested in. First thing is is really a good a, a good situation for Tennessee, as Trey Smith uh, a couple nights ago Tuesday night was awarded uh, the Jason Witten Collegiate Man of the Year Award. Uh, the All SEC Guard won the the Jason Witten Award annually, given to Division One college football's player who demonstrates a record of leadership, exhibiting courage, exceptional courage, integrity, and sportsmanship both on and off the field uh, during. It was given to, to Smith at the Dallas Cowboys practice facility, also known as the Star in Frisco, Texas. Uh, the two other finalists was, was Isaiah Sanders of Air Force and Southern California's wide receiver Michael Pittman. Uh, but Smith is a deserving winner given the determination to return to the field in 2019 after blood clots in his lungs threatened to end his football career. In addition, he is all over the Knoxville community in his home state doing community service work from speaking to youth groups at elementary schools and leading coat drives with donations that surpassed a 1,000 coats uh, the past two years. It's truly an honor to be recognized as the Jason Witten Collegiate Man of the Year, especially knowing what other great football leaders the other finalists are, Smith said in Tennessee's release. It's humbling, and I'm so thankful for the continued support of my family, coaches, and the University of Tennessee, who are always in my corner. Uh, Smith was accompanied at Tuesday night's ceremony by Tennessee head coach Jeremy Pruitt, athletic director Philip Fulmer, his sister Ashley, and other members of the football staff, namely uh, Coach Will Friend, the offensive line coach. Um, the award also comes with a $10,000 donation in Smith's name to Tennessee's Athletic Scholarship Fund from Jason Witten's SCORE Foundation, the official charity of Jason Witten and his wife, Michelle. Witten played. It was it was funny because it was a little bit of a reunion uh, away from Knoxville as Witten played for Coach Fulmer during his career and has went on to play 16 years in Dallas, so married the two scenarios. He was, all, he was named the Walter Payton Man of the Year, the NFL's version of this very award, in 2012 and, and was nominated also in 2007. This is the third year of his award. And the first time it's went to a former or to a current Vol, uh, it, it was a big deal for him uh, to see that. And and I thought, I thought what he was, what he was, how he was able to to kind of kind of speak out there and and, uh, and, and do some things um, for for Tennessee and, and was able to kind of make some comments. He said Smith took. The Fritz Pollard Award, which honors a college player that exemplifies courage, community values, exceptional performance on the field, and the 15th annual Johnny L. Cochran Foundation Junior Salute to Excellent Award uh, just earlier this month. He said it's really cool that earning this award will also benefit the athletic department and the other student-athletes that are part of the amazing Volunteers family. Uh, it makes it even more special that Jason Witten is a VFL and set the standard for so many in terms of the on-the-field and off-the-field leadership with community service. 
Smith, an All-SEC selection and freshman All-American in 2017, started seven games at left tackle in 2018 when the blood clots returned to his lungs midway through. But in 2019, he started every game at left guard and was an All-SEC first-team selection in helping the Vols rebound and get to 8-5. and five. He announced last month he would pass pass go on the entering of the NFL draft and return for his senior season. He said, I'm glad to be continuing my journey in Knoxville. Uh, We have unfinished business on the field, but I'm also excited to still be involved with our community and help out and hopefully make an impact where I can. Trey Smith's one of those guys. He's one of those guys that you want on your team. He's a guy that that can keep you grounded. Now, granted, it doesn't take much for a 6'6", 300-plus-pound guy to keep you grounded because you don't want to make him mad. But I will say, it's nice to know that 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 conversation, that thought process is being had because that's not normal conversation for a, let me get this right, maybe 21-year-old. That's not normal thought when you're sitting here going, man, I hope he makes the right decision. Usually when it's talking about that, it's, it's between, you, you know, spending money on this or spending money on that. It's not, am I going to go work for Habitat for Humanity or am I going to go work on this coat drive or am I going to do both or, or what have you. I think Trey Smith was dealt a dose of, of humble early on in his career. Uh, being it that it was it was home situations or whether it was his health, Trey Smith always had to keep things in perspective because he doesn't fully know the the length of time that that's going to last. I think that gives anyone perspective, but I think ultimately with Trey, two years ago, twenty seventeen, I guess two and a half years ago now, he was dealt a card that a lot of people in 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 that ranks or in that thing would be like, you know what. It's just not worth it. Let's hang it up, and I'll figure out something else to do. We'll go play. You know, I'll be a great student. I'll, I'll be a, a great business person. And nothing's wrong with that that avenue as well, because Trey's going to be successful in whatever he does. But Trey said, "No, we're going to get this done. I'm going to work hard. These great doctors are going to take good care of me, and I'm going to get back on the football field." And work and work and work he did. I, I went to a couple practices there last spring, and you don't – like, you could see it. And, and and I don't know – I probably should be better being that I'm doing radio, but I should be better at painting the picture. But I went to practice fully knowing that Trey Smith wasn't going to have any contact. And I walk out on the field, and he's got a jersey, shoulder pads, and a helmet on. I walk out there, and, and he's – He's the first person to catch a guy after a drill. He's 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 like you could tell he's watching and he's listening and he's he's working. And, and I never want to use a butchism or a, a Butch Jones phrase, but he was he was mentally practicing. He was looking at what was happening and then remembering that and kind of putting it in the in the rolodex, if you will. And and, and I felt like that was next level. Because believe me, at that very same practice, and and they were they were made known of their actions. There was guys squirting water bottles at each other. There was guys doing doing silly things. There was guys not paying attention. But they're eighteen, nineteen year old kids. You know, they're sitting there and they're at practice, and they're not the ones and twos. 
so they were a little little loose not to say that uh, like I said that wasn't fully made aware between coach friend coach Cheney and coach Pruitt but that's somewhat of expected behavior you know what I'm saying you have to teach them to grow up Trey Smith was very much that same same sophomore about finishing his sophomore getting into his junior year and this cat was a businessman at about 19 years old, he was ready to go. He was locked in and, and, and honed in. And then, you know, like I said, he gets that bad news, and he could he could very much say, well, my schedule's full. I've got this therapy. I've got this doctor appointment. I've got this practice. I've got this schoolwork. All this is my schedule. I'm done. And nobody would have said anything about that. Nobody would have said, well, you know, he just needs – I can't believe he's not doing something in the community. I'm, I can't believe he's not doing this or doing that. And Trey gets out there, and, and one, I remember the coat drive where he was just hoping to get them a couple hundred coats. Next thing you know, it's over a 1,000 coats. Next thing you know, they don't have anywhere to put these coats. Now they go from asking for coats to asking for somewhere to keep coats. He He's out there, you know, going to hospitals. He's out there, which that's a, that's a Tennessee thing. They do that. They go to children's regularly. But, you, you know, he's out there visiting people. He's out there speaking at elementary schools. He's out there doing different things. Those are guys that you can't purchase to put on your football program. You can't that, – that's a lifetime – or that's a generational, a lifetime kind of player in the fact that he's from Jackson, Tennessee, or went to high school in Jackson, Tennessee. And now he's, he's playing for the University of Tennessee – you just can't put those building blocks together. Tetris doesn't work that way. Trey Smith, the character that he brings to the table, is is beyond his years. He'll be successful in the NFL. He'll be successful in life, regardless of how he how he blocks out uh, uh, you know a charging defensive end or how he how he gets a cutting linebacker. Because Trey Smith has character, and I'm not saying anybody else doesn't. I'm saying Trey Smith has a level of character uh, that that is is something to be looked at. This is a kid who's been good at anything he's ever done. I've I've seen firsthand entitlement. I've seen firsthand uh, I'm better because I did this because I can run fast because I can jump high. I'm better. Trey Smith doesn't have that. And the fact that that he's been recognized as Jason Witten Man of the Year, that's just icing on the cake. Icing on the cake that says, this kid knows what's up. This kid gets it. And ultimately, he's rewarded for it. $10,000 scholarship in the scholarship fund, that's huge. That's great. But I think Jeremy Pruitt, if, if it was take the money or take Trey Smith, you take Trey Smith because of what he does in the locker room, never having put on a cleat. How he holds, I guarantee you, this is a very similar situation to what we talk about with the John Hendersons, the Al Wilsons, the the you know Leonard Little, whoever you want to talk about. People are held accountable by them, not always by the coaching staff. I think there's some expectation from the coaching staff, but I think people understand that I don't want to look that bad in front of Trey, and the power that that brings is is un you you can't measure it. You can't measure what Trey Smith does for a team. And the fact that he come back for his senior season is a moment 
in Tennessee history that needs to be marked, that needs to be looked back on years from now and say, look what Trey did. Look what they were able to do in the face of what could have been. I I don't understand it. I don't know what, what the answers are for next year, but I know with Trey Smith, they're better. I know currently with what we have, we're better. And that's where you got to live. That's where you got to push and, and go through. But, you know, it's untold what we can, uh, what we're going to be able to do in 2020. But I think, you know, like I said, a, a Jason Witten player of the year, uh, a multiple uh, award winner, Fritz Pollard award winner, a John L. Cochran Jr. Foundation winner. I'll take it. I, I like my chances. Line me up against whoever you want to because I've got a guy who doesn't quit. I've got a guy who wants to play. I've got a guy who wants to win. And the thing is, is he's winning at a lot of different things, and I think it's only going to translate to the football field. Trey Smith is is a is all vol, and he's one to be remembered because he's battled a lot of things while he's here, and he continues to put it on the line for Tennessee. But I think I think Trey Smith, congratulations, Jason Witten, Collegiate Man of the Year Award winner. Uh, and Tennessee Vol. That's that's the cool thing. Uh, but let's take us a quick break. Listen to these great sponsors. When we come back, we're going to talk about some new rule changes as the uh, as the NFL looks to solidify some uh, CBA moments, some collective bargaining agreements. Uh, we'll talk about five potential changes uh, or some potential changes to the playoff bracket that will affect how this CBA rolls out. We'll talk about it all on the flip. You're listening to The Grind, 100.9 FM, 8.50 AM, and streaming at WKVL.com, Rocky Top Sports. We'll be right back. Hometown alternative to Ordinary Sports Radio, 100.9 FM, 8.50 AM, Rocky Top Sports. Buying a home is one of the biggest financial decisions you will ever make, and it can be overwhelming, but Donna Cry at Mortgage Investors Group is committed to making your home buying experience a pleasure. Donna Cry is my personal home mortgage specialist. MIG is rated number one in residential mortgage lenders in Tennessee. Are you considering a new home? Then use who I trust, Donna Cry with Mortgage Investors Group in Maryville. Whether you're buying your first home or your fifth, Donna will help you put your home ownership plans into action. Call Donna at 865-984-9948 or go to DonnaCry.com. MIG is an equal housing lender. As the demand for a more skilled and technologically advanced workforce has grown in Blunt County over the last decade, a driving force to get more young adults trained to work with our local companies and businesses is the Blunt Partnership. The Blunt Partnership has created working relationships between the public schools and industries to develop education initiatives that prepare an upcoming workforce with the skills needed for them to succeed and build a career. To learn more about these strategies, log on to BluntPartnership.com. Are you looking for a place to relax and have fun after work or a place to fill the weekend fun? Check out the Party Pub in the heart of Maryville. They open at 7.30 a.m. and have daily drink specials. They have darts, karaoke, and billiards daily, as well as Tennessee football each and every Big Orange Saturday in the fall. So check out the Party Pub on Ellis Avenue in downtown Maryville, a place where they treat you like family, and it's always a good time.
El Jimador Mexican Grill, authentic Mexican food in Maryville, Tennessee for the past 15 years. Open Sunday through Thursday, 11 a.m. to 10 p.m., Friday and Saturday, 11 a.m. to 10.30 p.m. El Jimador offers Monday through Friday lunch specials with their 15 minutes or free guarantee. Call your order in at 865-681-6040 and delivery is available. You'll enjoy a comfortable environment while gathering with family and friends at El Jimador Mexican Grill, located at 1705 East Lamar Alexander Parkway in Maryville, Tennessee. El Jimador Mexican Grill, a proud sponsor of Blunt County Sports. This is Wayne Kaiser, host of Rocky Top Sports, sports radio show, The Grind. If you're looking for a way to catch The Grind, not in its normal programming, if you can't make that six to seven hour, check it out online, thegrindonsports.com. It's the hub for everything The Grind. We've got Twitter feed, Facebook feed, and of course, SoundCloud. If you miss a show, you don't have to miss it forever. Check it out online, thegrindonsports.com. That's thegrindonsports.com. Whitlock & Company Certified Public Accountants features accounting services for individuals and businesses. Serving Blount County for over 30 years, everything from income tax preparation services to personalized accounting plans for small businesses and large corporations with over 100 employees for a full range of accounting services, including payroll processing, bookkeeping, individual and business tax returns, compilation, review, and assurance services. It's Whitlock & Company, PC, 375 Fountain View Circle, in Alcoa, Tennessee, 37701. Phone 865-984-1040 or 865-981-9638 or visit Whitlock & Company online at whitlockcpa.com. Custom shirts, vinyl decals, and all things custom printing. That's what Night Shift Printing brings your way. If you need custom printed accessories, check out my man Jacob Carter of Night Shift Printing. You can contact them direct 321-6845 or via email at nightshiftprinting at gmail.com. That's K-N-I-G-H-T, shiftprinting at gmail.com. Check them out on Facebook and Instagram. You don't want to miss it. It's well worth it. We don't always promise to be perfect, but we promise to give you our honest opinion. This is sports radio from a fan's perspective. You're listening to The Grind on 100.9 FM, 850 AM, Rocky Top Sports. And welcome back inside the WKVL studios of Rocky Top Sports. I'm Wayne Kaiser, and you're listening to the Thursday edition. Uh, as we come back from the break, looks like sparked a little interest, won a little conversation, and we're going to jump to the phone lines. Hey, that's what I need to hear. That's what I like to hear. Good old dial tone. If that was you on the line, call us back. Again, 865-983-4310, uh, and we'll get you on and talk a little sports. I thought it was Mr. Boone as he was uh, telling me he might call in this morning talk a little bit about some of them baller balls, some of Tennessee basketball. But as as we uh, as we promised before the break, and we'll see if Boone uh, decides to call call right back in. 
Uh, Adam Schefter uh, reporting a little bit about the NFL collective bargaining. And just like that, phone lights up just one more time. Let's see what we've got. Hey, you're on the grind. Good morning, Wayno. Hey, long time. Called in. <laughs> Are you the party to whom I'm speaking? I am the, well, I don't know. I'm P-A-R-T. I don't know why, though. I hear you, man. <laughs> hey, Wayno, I'm calling in to check on the Vols. Uh, tell you what, I'm, I'm a little worried about this Auburn game. Last time, Auburn 84, Vols 80. <laughs> the likes of Chumo, Kiki, Bryce Brown, Jared Harper. Oh, Kiki got 22. Brown had 16. Jared Harper had 16. What kind of strategy do you think uh, Coach Pearl will cook up for us? I think he's going to put the pressure on us, and I think he's going to he's going to cook us. That's what's going to happen. He's going to grill it uh, right out there. No pun intended. I mean, he's a grill kind of guy, right? But uh, but here's the thing. There's 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 silver lining to anything, Boone. Right, right. I can tell you, I don't think it's going to be eighty four eighty again. <laughs> uh, here's here's my thought. There's a, there's a silver lining in the fact that they don't have some of the players that made them great a year ago. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. But you know what else? Is the, what's a problem with that? We don't have players that made us special either. You know what I'm saying? That. They don't have a lot of the pieces that, that made them special, but they have a lot of pieces that like to work hard. And you got to appreciate what Coach Pearl does uh, with his guys in that regard. He has them always ready to play, always willing to push the issue. And, and be quite honest with you, down there, uh, it's going to be a tough. It's going to be a tough sled. You, you know, I think. I think what we need to do is focus on not turning the basketball over, getting a great shot, getting a great look. And then just just taking those high percentage shots because I think you know over the year you know I've questioned Fulkerson's ability to battle against any kind of big you know the the ability of our team to to find ways to score and in spurts they've done just that so I I think Tennessee's just got to they've got to not turn the basketball over number one continue to press defense the way they have been and then I think turn down good shots for great shots. And I know that's that's coach speak, and I've used it a lot this year, but it's a big deal. How many times have we taken a bad shot, been out of position for rebounds, and that other team's run right down in transition and scored? I mean, you can't give up possessions like that with the with the team that we've got on the floor right now. Well, funny you could you should say that Coach Barnes has really been pressing his points home. I've listened to him. I love the things he's saying. One thing I really liked, and you were up closer at the game than I was, but I think if if we'll just do what he says, it'll help us tremendously. That being talking more, communicating, I, I think if you're into it, it doesn't have to be long sentences. Just watch this pick. Uh, just I think the whole team should just make a concerted effort to put phrases in there. And, hey, before you know it, we're involved in the game. Uh, Bowden, I mean, if Bowden is a senior, he's quiet. <laughs> Coach Barnes said that. It's almost like he's playing quiet games sometimes. I suggest, Wayno, if, if he I really get into it and get vocal, it might 
help him not having the back of his mind, oh, I've got to hit my first three. And uh, I think it would just – psychologists did a study in the NBA and uh, players that like high-fived or bumped elbows or did something like that, they tend to do a lot better. I just think they need to really take him up on that, on communicating and showing Auburn, we're into the game, we're talking, we're controlling things here. What do you think of that point? Well, I, I thought Bowden was playing more of the hide-and-go-seek than he was the quiet game, but either way, um, I, I think I think they need to talk more. I, I still think there's a little bit of, of, of conflict there because in, in the throes of a basketball game, uh, you know, you, you can't really spend the time to, to dictate or enunciate uh, a lot of key phrases that maybe aren't aren't normal to some of these guys on the floor. I think Eve Pons has been in America and been in the system long enough that he understands the small cues. But Plovsic, when he comes in, and then and then Vascovi, I mean, we've got to remember they're six weeks in to really, really being in the game and having to deal with that kind of discussion real time. I, I think that's why you see Plovsic's minutes stay down is because he, he doesn't understand the cues and what we're trying to do yet. And it's it. There's just not time to teach at this point. So, uh, I think they need to communicate better. I think they got to understand who's going to be where. Somebody has to attack the basket on rebounds. I feel like a lot of times we take a shot that's contested, and nobody's there to clean it up. And that's how people beat us. I mean, if you think about it, that's how South Carolina beat us the other night. That's how uh, Kentucky really took the, took that away from us. Uh, a couple weeks ago, that that game ended up getting a little worse than it than it should have been. But there was a point in that game where Tennessee was holding it down to five or six points, where the only reason they continued to hold that was they were cont- they were cleaning up shots, they were getting layups at the rim after a bad shot that we couldn't do. So I think we've just got to we've got to be able to we've got to be able to get second chance points if that makes sense. You know, we've got to be able to not just say, "Well, we got a good look." And just didn't knock it down. Well, we got a we got a good look, didn't knock it down, but Fulkerson cleaned it up. But Eve Pond's cleaned it up. That needs to be some new narrative that comes out of Tennessee basketball. I think another thing we know is we've got to get more production from Olivier and Euros. Uh, I'm concerned. I mean, obviously they're our backup forward duo. This has been such a roller coaster. I mean, I loved, I think it was Olivier, bright spots, did well, and didn't disappointed Coach with his play. Minutes were taken away. And Coach Barnes, interviews, talking points, he has blatantly said, listen, we've got to find more consistency you two guys got to help the starters, Folky and our flying Frenchman there. They just got to have more production. Think about if uh, if they were pressing and really coming along and being competitive and, and saying, we won't play in time here. I think we would be up, have uh, more chances to win. The empty possessions are so toxic. My goodness. Um, but Barnes has just told them they've done it in practice and then certain games. The first game, uh, do you remember Euros? Didn't he, he scored like 16 points. I don't know if it's like a teeny bit of fresh 
freshman cockiness. Maybe he just kind of assumed, hey, I've got this, and the next game is going to be just like that. Every game is different, you know, I'm telling you. Well, it's, all, it's all about speed guys, and length, they're just, yeah. They're not showing him they're mentally focused enough. They do in practice, but then they don't translate it to the game. Well, I think I think it's that old thing, you know, if, if, you're, if you're young practice, practicing against young, you look a lot better than you are. Uh, so I think I think that's that's a little dynamic that Eurosh has has been the benefactor of, but I no I think you're right. Every game's different. Uh, he's gotten into some games and and length has has kind of uh, that's not been the only thing that's going to win in this league. And you've got to have quick feet. You've got to have quick hands. You can't put it on the floor. You've got to catch and shoot. And uh, and he's he's having to learn those dynamics uh, kind of on the fly. Santiago did it. But he wasn't down there in the paint banging around. So I, I think it's two different atmospheres, but I think both are going to be really good based on their minutes that they're getting here, uh, kind of thrown into the mix, if you will. Right. But I think I think for the Auburn game this weekend, because, again, this season's a one-game season every every single outing. Um, they've got to look to attack uh, Samir Doherty. Uh, he's, their, he's number 10, and he scored over 400 points for the Auburn Tigers this year. And then Javon McCormick and Isaac Akura, uh, they've been their other two leading scorers for the season. I think those are the three hitters you've got to hit on. Okora um, has come on of late. He's played two less games, and he has the same amount of points as McCormick. So he's a, he's a scorer, and he's a guy that they look to go to early and often. But uh, I think late in the season, anything can happen. Uh, everybody's tired, so there's a little bit of uh, that. Sometimes helps uh, some uh, teams that are athletic or youthful, and we sure have the youthful part figured out. Um, but we'll see how it shakes out. I think going down there is going to be tough, but I think uh, I, I think the pressure should be off. You know what I'm saying? Uh, people expect us to lose this game, uh, so if we go down there and play the way we can play, uh, we could put some pressure on Auburn. And let's let's see what happens, because uh, I think I think they're as young and and as breakable as we are. They just need to be pushed to that limit. The weird thing, and you see this time and again, is how much pressure, uh, self-inflated pressure, is Auburn going to put on themselves? And if if out of the corner of their eye they're going, oh man, Tennessee's lethal. They're they're doing some good things. Oh, we've got to get them. This is so man. If we can just get them this game, if some of that comes into play, um, that helps us a lot, I think. But Euros has just got to get more physicality. He's got to have a mean streak. Uh, Barnes has called him out and said, uh, threw a little poetry at him. He said, "Show less finesse." <laughs> and I I don't know what what it's going to take to do that, but I want him to. Grab some rebounds, throw some elbows. I don't mean throw elbows and hit people, but let people know I came to play. I'm bringing out a physical side you haven't seen before. So our offensive struggles. When we see that, Wayne, I just think we got to be relentless and say we're going to work on the boards and continue to improve uh, our perimeter shooting. Maybe, but. Um, it's going to be tough. Everybody's just going to have to optimize, uh, right. reduce. They're going to, they're going to be hungry, and, and Pearl's going to be – sweat's going to be dripping off. His face is going to be blood red. He's going to be working those referees. You know that. 
so so Boone, I I don't know if I told you, but I, I said something to someone yesterday. They said, "Do you think Tennessee can get it done?" And I say, "Can they get it done? Absolutely." Because against Vanderbilt, I swear I saw the best six minutes of the season, and then I also saw the worst six minutes of the season all in the same game. This is a team that that I think understands where what they need to do and when they can start doing it, they quickly settle. You know what I'm saying? They don't they don't understand that they're one they're one minute away uh, from sealing the deal or they're one minute away from breaking somebody's will. They understand that they've got it done and they kind of kick in the clutch and, and pull it up in neutral a little bit. And I think that's when people start attacking there at the end of basketball games. So I think there was a time there where Vascovi and Fulkerson was kind of going inside out, you know, or Bowden would drive in and then kick it back out to Vascovi. I think there's some opportunity there for Tennessee to kind of uh, bridge their youth, bridge their size gaps, and uh, and create some spacing that allows them to take uncontested shots. Now, granted, I think Jordan Bowden just has to work on making a shot. Uh, you know, he's, he's scored over 15 points the last four games, but it's not come in normal Jordan Bowden fashion from the three-point line, from the dagger shots that, that we're used to seeing him knock down. So I think uh, we've got to get our composure from those points, but I think Josiah James has come back a little rejuvenated. I think he's played really hard. Uh, so I just, I, I just think you go to work uh, and don't worry about winning four or five. You've got to win one before you can win four. Well, you know, do you think the three-point line change has kind of messed with us? I haven't heard a lot of talk about it, but the NCAA moved back to three-point line this season, and I honestly think uh, Bryce Brown and Bruce Pearl and his Auburn crew had something to do with that. With that. There were just a few games where it was should have been illegal, but they want to create more room in the lane, they said, and they want to cut down on this barrage of threes in college football. But man, the shooting percentages are down. I don't I don't think uh, Popper agrees with you. I hear her in the background. Piper has <laughs> seen a bug and she's gonna dive through the air and grab it in her mouth. <laughs> oh, that's funny. <laughs> I was like, She don't agree with you, oh, Boone. She doesn't agree with you. I don't know. Here's the thing. You can say it does, and, I mean, if, if that helps us feel better about us missing a bunch of three-point shots, then I'll take it. But, no, I, I think we've pushed them more than anything. You know, I think we're we're shooting as we're coming back down. I mean, we've talked about that before. I, I think, you know, we're, we're falling away from the three-point shot and coming up way short, or we're, we're throwing it at the rim and it's hitting on the other side. So, I, I think – it, it may have for for the first couple weeks of the season, um, but we're uh, we're amateur athletes looking to be professionals. So that that what was it? it? They moved it back. What was it? Ten inches? It's uh, twenty. It's almost twenty two feet and uh, two inches. The NBA is twenty three feet and nine inches. Yeah, I heard it was like at ten inches. And for some reason, when they first change it, uh, it takes a while for guys to start hitting it, except uh, if you got monster shooters who shoot from two or three feet behind it anyway, they make a difference. They force you to extend your defense out there. But 
the smart teams, you know, if if they're playing somebody and and uh, the opponent is is not hitting them from back there, they're just like we're going to keep our people right here around this line. We're not coming way out there at you. Right, right. But I... most a lot of people are really struggling. Uh, but it's the first year. In a few years, everybody will really adapt and they'll end up moving it back more. I would say. I would argue if you're, if, especially in the in the day and age of the one and doneers, uh, I would think at a at high school level or even maybe beyond. Because I mean, heck, I can even talk to you about Joe Anderson over here at Maryville High School. He'll knock them down from thirty feet all day. He he don't he doesn't matter he, where the line is for him. Does yeah it? yeah, he don't even care if it's a half court line. He he'll just shoot it up there. But but I'll, I'll tell you this: I think if you're if you're in you're going to Division One college basketball. You've already started shooting from the pro line because you've got to show them you can do it. So I I, I don't know. I, I'd like to think maybe maybe you've given me a little bit of hope that Bowden's not completely lost his composure. That maybe it's a it's it's a positioning thing. It's a head thing uh, with with the three point line. But I, I think we've got to get all hands on deck. Uh, in my opinion, we've got to have four players in double figure scoring. Uh, to win four of these last five. Is that unreasonable? Maybe, but I think that's what it takes to win. But, but Boone, we're going to have to get to our last break of the day. Uh, you want to stick around, talk a little NFL, or you got to get on out of here? Yeah, we'll talk a little bit. All right, man, I'm going to take a break listen to these fine sponsors. When we come back, we're going to talk NFL. As the CBA says, maybe more playoff teams. Is that good, or do we need to think it again? We'll talk it all on the flip. You're listening to The Grind, 100.9 FM, 850 AM, and streaming at WKVL.com, Rocky Top Sports. We'll be right back. a home is one of the biggest financial decisions you will ever make, and it can be overwhelming, but Donna Cry at Mortgage Investors Group is committed to making your home buying experience a pleasure. Donna Cry is my personal home mortgage specialist. MIG is rated number one in residential mortgage lenders in Tennessee. Are you considering a new home? Then use who I trust, Donna Cry with Mortgage Investors Group in Maryville. Whether you're buying your first home or your fifth, Donna will help you put your home ownership plans into action. Call Donna at 865-984-9948 or go to DonnaCry.com. MIG is an equal housing lender. Did you know most employers consider soft skills as important as the skills it takes to do a job? Soft skills include things like attitude, communication, teamwork, motivation, and time management. You can take your career to the next level by taking free soft skill classes at the Blunt County Public Library. Find complete class schedule and registration information at www.bluntchamber.com. Are you looking for a place to relax and have fun after work or a place to fill the weekend fun? Check out the Party Pub in the heart of Maryville. They open at 7.30 a.m. and have daily drink specials. They have darts, karaoke, and billiards daily, as well as Tennessee football each and every Big Orange Saturday in the fall. So check out the Party Pub on Ellis Avenue in downtown Maryville, a place where they treat you like family, and it's always a good time. 
A workshop on human trafficking is presented by Natalie Ivey, Executive Director of the Community Coalition Against Human Trafficking. It'll be 10 a.m. to 12 noon, February 22nd, at the Chilhowee Club, 223 Clarion Avenue in Maryville. Parking is behind the building. It's open to everyone. For more information, contact Jamie Daly at 865-661-9055. Custom shirts, vinyl decals, and all things custom printing. That's what Night Shift Printing brings your way. If you need custom printed accessories, check out my man Jacob Carter of Night Shift Printing. You can contact them direct 321-6845 or via email at nightshiftprinting at gmail.com. That's K-N-I-G-H-T, shiftprinting at gmail.com. Check them out on Facebook and Instagram. You don't want to miss it. It's well worth it. To celebrate 100 years of outstanding economic progress in the Blunt County community, the Blunt Chamber is pulling out all the stops by bringing in America's number one corporate and private party band, Party on the Moon, to the new event venue at the Airport Hilton on Saturday, March 7th for their anniversary celebration concert and dinner. The anniversary celebration kicks off from 6 to 7 with a lively cocktail hour of music and interactive displays, followed by an outstanding buffet and three hours of non-stop performance by Party on the Moon, the 13-member band. No stuffy speeches, this live band has something for everyone. General admission tickets to the event are $100 each and can be purchased by calling 865-983-2241 or online at bluntchamber.com. The Hilton is offering discounted hotel room rates of $99 for members wishing to stay overnight, group rates of $500 for six admission tickets, and $1,000 table rates for 10 tickets. For detailed information, visit bluntchamber.com. This is Wayne Kaiser, host of Rocky Top Sports, sports radio show, The Grind. If you're looking for a way to catch The Grind, not in its normal programming, if you can't make that six to seven hour, check it out online, thegrindonsports.com. It's the hub for everything The Grind. We've got Twitter feed, Facebook feed, and of course, SoundCloud. If you miss a show, you don't have to miss it forever. Check it out online, thegrindonsports.com. That's thegrindonsports.com. El Jimador Mexican Grill, authentic Mexican food in Maryville, Tennessee for the past 15 years. Open Sunday through Thursday, 11 a.m. to 10 p.m., Friday and Saturday, 11 a.m. to 10.30 p.m. El Jimador offers Monday through Friday lunch specials with their 15 minutes or free guarantee. Call your order in at 865-681-6040 and delivery is available. You'll enjoy a comfortable environment while gathering with family and friends at El Jimador Mexican Grill, located at 1705 East Lamar Alexander Parkway in Maryville, Tennessee. El Jimador Mexican Grill, a proud sponsor of Blunt County Sports. We don't always promise to be perfect, but we promise to give you our honest opinion. This is sports radio from a fan's perspective. You're listening to The Grind on 100.9 FM, 850 AM, Rocky Top Sports. Welcome back inside the WKVL studios of Rocky Top Sports. I'm Wayne Kaiser Boone on the phone line as we grind it out here on a Thursday edition. Boone, as we move into this last segment, talked a little bit about it, and we kind of shifted gears. 
But uh, NFL's new CBA is to be to hopefully be sealed here later this week. But looking to add another team, another wild card team to both the AFC and NFC that would combine for 14 playoff teams in the NFL, an additional game on the regular season, and then six wild card games, uh, wild card weekend. Is that good for the NFL? Is it good to to be more inclusive? Well, they say more is better. That pays uh, more, right? Get that TV money up. Yeah, another game, another excitement. I would not mind seeing that. What's your take on it? Here's my thing. Here's my. It's like the NCAA tournament. It's like bowl games. I get it. More games, more money, more experience, more exposure. There's pluses and minuses to everything. One, I like the fact that they're thinking about going to 17-game regular season and a three-game preseason. Because you know as well as I do, four preseason games is too much. Nobody really plays till the fourth one anyway, so why not trim it at three? You you play everybody just like you would. It just means something uh, on that on that last preseason game. It becomes week one. I don't mind the extra wild card team because I love the the parody the the fact that that somebody can come from behind and get it. But I I, I don't know that this isn't the ceiling for me. You know, I think, you you know, you continue to add teams, add teams, add teams, and then what is the importance of the regular season? I mean, at this rate, I mean, and it happens even in the current setup, but it's limited. Adding these teams allows teams with losing records to be in the playoffs. I don't like that. Uh, My concern is player safety. I don't want it to turn into a thing where clearly it's owner's greed. And I like to watch a game. My favorite players be there. I don't like watching games and guys getting hurt, wearing tear on the body, best players staying out several weeks. There, When I first saw this and they mentioned it, I thought, I'm not, I'm not for that. That's just owners really wanting to get more money and the players are – they're being taken advantage of. I like the competition. I like all the games. I, I really get excited uh, when playoff hits, like March Madness. Man, one of my favorite times of year. I'm not. I'm not up for too many more of these. Um, if, if we can do it and the players stay healthy, yeah, let's do it. But let's not keep changing this and moving it, and moving it, and me tuning into my favorite game and the players be on the sideline because of the wear and the tear on the body. Yeah, and I think that's the caveat they gave up with the the cutting of the fourth preseason game. You you know what I'm saying? They they didn't want to leave it and just add an additional game, so they trimmed a preseason game. And, and granted, you know, maybe maybe it didn't trim anything. Maybe you just play them in the third preseason game instead of the fourth, but I still think that's that's one less time they've got to suit up in the preseason that means nothing. You know what I'm saying? Uh, and, and then they can – because let's just face it, the teams that are really good, their their players are still going to sit out week 16, week 17, whatever. It's going to be those teams that are clawing for that now seventh spot in the playoffs, that, that last wild card spot that could be added uh, that are going to be playing all 17 games, all 18 weeks. I did, I did think it was cool – 
that the uh, and and again, this is all about money, but uh, the team that earns a first round buy and it, it'll go to one team instead of two teams now uh, with the new setup. The one team that'll get the first round buy will be paid as if they were playing based on their success and and the fact that they earned a first round buy. I thought that was kind of cool. I like that. I'm all for that. I just think it's good because, you know, it puts if you really want to find out where people's uh motivation is, uh don't attach monetary value to it and see how much they're interested. <laughs> it that that kind of uh that'll that'll clear it up real quick. But I think the fact that they said, you know what, if you play hard and you get that number one seed because there's only going to be one and there's only going to be one team that gets a buy, you get paid for it. I think that's – you'll see people play a little harder there at the tail end if it gets close just because of that factor because they're like, you know, why would I want to be the number one seed and get the buy, lose my momentum, lose all this, and I don't get paid. But now it almost it almost benefits you to do it. So – uh, I think it's uh, – we'll see if, if how that impacts things. You know, the the longer season will have more of an impact for the for the type of players or the fans that keep an eye on records, more games, more opportunities. Kind of like Drew Brees, uh, he'll have a longer season. Uh, I saw where uh, 77,000. 416 passing yards. He turned 41 January 15th. He's like, you know what? Who that nation? Let's do a, another game here. And then uh, Brady, right behind him, 74,571 career passing yards. One season away. It's going to be kind of fun to watch these guys with the longer seasons. And uh, th- I'd, I'd say they know that the winner of this is, is going to hang on to that all-time passing yardage record for quite a while. Get more opportunities with more games coming up. Hey, do you, can you imagine that? Do you think 77,000 passing yards? That's a long ways. That's a that's a good that's some mileage is what that is. But hey Boone, do you think Drew Brees coming back to New Orleans and him having Michael Thomas and and the the impact that could be on that record? Do you think that'll impact Tom Brady's decision to either stay in in New England or go somewhere uh, where maybe he can throw it a little bit more? He will do whatever it takes. He won't come out and say this. He's always so polite, so humble. Are we talking about the same guy? For the last place team if he had to. Are we talking about the same Tom Brady? Well, on camera. I was going to say, I don't know that he's humble. He may be polite, but I don't know how humble this guy is. But anyway. He puts forward a – he projects a very humble, uh, courteous image on interviews, but – I think that's just a turtleneck. Could be. (laughs) I'm just – But Brees, I I mean, uh, he only had like – of course, he missed five games to that injury. That really hurt him. Why would you retire when the last year you played, meaning last year, you had like four interceptions, 25 touchdown passes? Well, I, I think he's got two more years if he wants them. I think he's got some He's got some mileage left. I, I think, you know, and I, I'm a Peyton guy, so I feel like everybody wants to do it like Peyton did it. But everybody's looking for that elusive opportunity to go out on top. Peyton was able to do that. He, he knew – 
he knew when the tank was empty and he, he, he poured it out and said, listen, guys, I ain't got, I ain't got a lot left to go. He didn't have a shoulder left to do it with. You know, he got to leave when, when he made that decision and he happened to be on top at the time. I think Drew Brees, if anything weighs on him, which again, individual records, he has that, that, that bag's full, but I don't think he sat well with the fact that, that he got knocked out of the playoffs in a wild and, and weird fashion two years in a row on a team that arguably was strong enough to win a Super Bowl. So I think Drew Brees wants another crack at that. I think he understands another year with Michael Thomas is going to be another good year. And uh, and I think he likes what he has with Alvin Kamara and the pieces that the Saints continue to put in there. And preseason, how many people said, long shot, we're going to pick the Super Bowl. We're going to have the Saints in there. Last, everybody thought they'd be back this year because they thought the year before it was stolen from them. Uh, they, they had the talent. They should have been there. But what about, well, you know, what about Brady saying the only way at all he would come back to New England is if he and Belichick and Kraft and a mediator sat down and talked things out? That tells me all is not well in Camelot. Well, I, I think there's – and that's where the humble comment came in. I think there's egos in, in play here. I think, you know, Robert Kraft is trying to be the uh, the matchmaker here, but I think Belichick's tired of the drama, and I think Brady's tired of being told what to do. Just quite frankly, he's he's up in all these lists, and he's he's one of the best quarterbacks of all time, six-time Super Bowl champ, and he's he's been the guy on the field – and I think he's he he's getting the itch. I think I think he's getting the itch of can I do it somewhere else? Is the opportunity is the grass greener? And I I think that's where the two are going to butt heads because Bill knows. And, and honestly, in my opinion, the better end of that deal is with Bill Belichick. He's going to win with whoever he's got. I mean, ask Matt Castle, ask Jimmy Garoppolo, ask ask a few guys that that played during Brady's exit. They won. Brady has to answer that question by himself, and I think that's what's pushing this this animosity. I think that's what's dealing uh, this trub- troubled times in uh, Camelot, as you call it. John Gruden and his Raiders, <laughs> rumor says, has it, uh, is throwing 60 mil toward Brady for two years. Well, they, but, be- they better save a little of that to get a wide receiver. Tell me about it. <laughs> I mean, he Gruden, can't throw it uh, to himself. No, ain't gonna happen. Got about thirty seconds. Hey, Gruden's Boone. been known as uh, Gruden will kind of verbally uh, throw some barbs and uh, see how tough you are, and drop a few uh, f bombs in practice, and it would be a totally different environment. I I don't think he'll go there unless he just feels totally alienated by the the past. What's your take on it? I think that's a far. I think that's a long way, New England, Foxborough to uh, to to Las Vegas. But I will say it'll sell tickets and uh, and it'll sell jerseys. So I think the Raiders will all be before it. But but boom, we got to get on out of here. Uh, we're hit the timeline here at the top of the hour. But conversation that will shelf for another day. We'll do it again. Thanks for calling in, man. Always fun talking. Go balls. Hey, absolutely. Go balls. And, hey, we're up against the timeline, but don't miss top of the hour, Jason Swain and the Swain event. But if you're on your way to work or on your way home, take care, be safe, and yes.
grind on. <laughs>